Blog Talk Radio. where 
different forms of violence, be it direct physical or subtler through the uh, banking system, a rape and pillage of our bank accounts occurs, or our body politic, where our elected officials who have vowed to represent us and our our needs and our our uh, um, interests are still doing the bidding of the corporations who pay most of their uh, financing uh, of their campaigns, corporate financing. So we are in a race with corporations, unfortunately, to get the attention and the good offings of our own politicians, sad as it is, some of which is aggravated and exacerbated by Citizens United, a most unfortunate and truly unconstitutional and clearly unethical piece of legislation that the Supreme Court of our land passed with any proper regard to true, true law and statute in our country. I mean, you could say, how did that happen? Because it's really nothing short of criminal. It has taken our already weakened system of governance, and it has thrown it over the edge of the pirate's ship so that we are now swimming with sharks. It's not reasonable. It's not rational. It's not scholarly in any way for this otherwise fairly august body to make a decision as they did about this notion of Citizens United, which I'm sure you listeners know about, which states simply that corporations are and have the rights of people. Yes, with a capital P, yet corporations are with a, with a lowercase c. So what is that all about? It's madness. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with favors and favoritism and a prejudice, truly, of the, well, it is the conservative wing of the Supreme Court at odds with its opposite wing and making political decisions. I don't care what anybody says. There cannot possibly be a legal constitutional ground to that decision. It is a political decision. I would like to be shown evidence otherwise. Anyway, today's show is going to be our exploration of third-party politics, independent parties, their true value in today's political cycle, political rat race, you could say, or you could say political horse race, and you'd be right with every single comment. And for this exploration and discussion, we will be joined by a gentleman we had on some weeks back, Michael McGee, who is the co-chair of the National Steering Committee for the Justice Party. And the Justice Party is the party through which Rocky Anderson, former two-term mayor of Salt Lake City, 125th largest city in the United States, um, is running for president of the United States. So 
it's um, it's a true pleasure to welcome Michael McGee back. Michael has a distinguished career in the green technology business, specifically dealing with wind farms and curiously, even though a devout American happens to live in Strasbourg right now or near it in uh, northeastern France where he is involved in helping to uh, support the development of wind farms. And um, it's uh, really a pleasure to welcome him on. He'll be joining us in just a moment. Um, he has had as well a distinguished uh, background in politics, having worked for other uh, candidates in the past and other politically motivated um, organizations, always with the interest of serving the people and doing what is good for people, distinct from, let's say, the 1% in today's vernacular. We all know what that means. So as soon as Michael joins us, we will patch him in and make sure you get the benefit of his uh, experience here on A Better World. In the meantime, let me just say uh, a brief station identification. This is Mitchell J. Rabin on A Better World. We've been on Blog Talk Radio now for some months and um, with a specific theme of dealing with exploring the importance of third-party politics as well as socially conscious business socially responsible business, social enterprises, and socially conscious investing. We look at and deal with, explore conscious capitalism, sometimes referred to as compassionate capitalism, and there are some wonderful actions taking place these days among uh, many corporations, curiously enough, that are getting the message of the importance of being environmentally conscious, aware of climate change, aware of global warming, aware of the squandering of natural resources, of dumping uh, PCBs and other toxic uh, materials into our landfills, into our waterways. Why this was something they did not recognize many moons ago, I don't know, but I can tell you that they are not legally obligated in most cases to notice or to care because they are obligated only to do one thing legally, and that is to increase the value of the shares of their stockholders, their shareholders. This is insane. This is not just a word insane to describe a behavior I don't like. It's madness in the true sense as a psychiatric term. And that means that if you keep sawing off the board on which you stand and the board is suspended over water, you will fall into the water and go boom, you will die, most likely. And if others are on that board plank with you, you will all die. Well, that's where humanity stands perched, precariously perched, precipitously perched, right now in its own history as a species, 
perhaps unlike any other time before, certainly unlike any other time before relative to the fact that it is our own doing. And it's one thing for Mother Nature to give rise to a volcano or to an earthquake or to a tsunami or something of similar ilk. It's another thing for man to actually saw the plank himself through his own behaviors and actions over the course of centuries. And, well, you could even say millennia, but truly it's in the last 100 to 200 years since the advent of the Industrial Revolution that most of the polluting and environmental damage has been done. So it's uh, time to turn this around and to uh, really um, take matters into our own hands. The good news is that uh, despite the behavior of a handful of companies that are uh, doing perhaps most of the damage in a few different sectors, there is a growing number of companies that are actually becoming socially responsible and recognize the importance of environmental conservation, protection, the principles of renewable energy and sustainability, and taking proper care of employees, so treating them with dignity, with respect, with honor, um, paying them a proper wage, giving them time off in a very humane way as is appropriate for anyone to have time off when various matters arise in one's personal life and the like, uh, health life, etc. And there is a movement, and here on A Better World, we seek to really um, awaken interest in this kind of corporate activity. So I want to uh, engage you all to also get on our newsletter at www.abetterworld.tv, www.abetterworld.tv. You'll also notice once you visit our website that I am on the air on Progressive Radio Network every, every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's also uh, viewable when I'm in studio or certainly audible from this very same website, abetterworld.tv. So, uh, while I'm at it and I'm still waiting, oh, it looks like Michael has just arrived. Just the last point here is every Tuesday night I am on the air on community cable television in Manhattan. That's the Big Apple. And if you're in Manhattan, you can watch on television. If you are outside Manhattan, you can watch on your uh, computer through that very same web website right at the top on Tuesday. It says simulcast. Click there. So without further ado, let me invite Michael McGee, uh, who I had just spoken with you about over the last couple of minutes. Michael, are you on the air? Michael, are you there? Okay. I think I've got it. Yes. Michael? Hello, Mitchell. Yes. Bonjour. 
Welcome Bonjour. to a better world. How are you? Fine, thanks. Fine. Thanks for calling in from France for this yes, huh? occasion. My pleasure. Yes, indeed. Okay, good. I know it's late there, so really appreciate your uh, joining us. And um, so, listen, I gave an introduction about you and your own past and uh, experience in the world of politics and green technologies, and that you are the co chair of the Justice Party's um, National Steering Committee. I'd like to ask you, what is it that attracted you to third-party politics and then, in specific, to the Justice Party? Well, uh, like I said, I've I've been over here in Europe for a certain number of years, but my, my family is back in Colorado and in Florida. And I've seen how how things have changed in the last uh, 10, 15 years, and it's been a, a dramatic change. And it's that uh, the crisis has touched uh, the members in my family also. And uh, I, I think that, uh, that there's so many people now that are are, are looking for uh, alternatives. They've uh, they've experienced the Republicans. They've experienced the Democrats. And uh, there's been such a a radical change now in in people's lives, the the crisis with with 25% of of America's children that are living in poverty now, with these unending wars, and uh, the the, the need to do something is, uh, I I think the time is ripe now. It, It was probably a different situation back in 2004 and 2008 when we had the presidential elections. I don't think the same possibilities existed at that time, even if I'd I'd supported uh, Ralph Nader in 2004 and 2008. And what we have uh, an expatriate community here in Europe also that was organized against the war, and uh, that that was another element. I, I actually went to, I went to the U.S. Air Force Academy in 1973 at the end of the Vietnam War. And that was my first wake-up call. That was mm-hmm. the longest year in my life, but I think it was a very important wow. experience for me. And and yeah. I found that, that a lot of what I'd been told was uh, was not true, and that I I would uh, I would be much more vigilant uh, later on in getting into wars. And I almost have the feeling that we've been uh, uh, we. Maybe we've forgotten some of the lessons that we learned during the Vietnam War area, which was very important for our generation. And I think that was probably your case also, Mitchell. Yes, indeed. I didn't. I was fortunate that I did not go, and actually I would not have gone. But I was fortunate with timing, Michael, so I didn't actually have to confront it just by the last moment. But what is it that uh, attracted you to – so first of all, let me just say – are you saying that the two parties are too similar to warrant your attention? Well, uh, obviously, because many the, people who are Democrats, many yeah. many feel that they're they're too they're too similar indeed, but they're different enough that they would do anything to keep the other party's candidate from getting elected. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, what do you well, say I, about? actually? I, I, I spoke with a, a good friend uh, back in Colorado, and he was of the opinion that uh, since Colorado is a swing state, it was too risky to support a third-party candidate. So I'm sure there there are many people out there that are uh, 
still afraid to to do something that might uh, endanger uh, the election of, of a Democrat and put a Republican in, in office. But at the same time, we're seeing a phenomena. Many people, for example, uh, several several people in the steering committee of the Justice Party have come out of the progressive Democrats of America. And I, and I yes. think that that's, a, that's an important phenomenon. Uh, not only in the Justice Party, people have left the Progressive Democrats of America. The Marcy Winograd is in California. She she joined the Green Party. Uh, Laura Bonham, who's in the steering committee, was the, the former deputy director of the Progressive Democrats of America. And so that's, uh-huh. that's very important. Uh, Lenny Brody, the, the co-chair of the Justice Party with me, uh, who's, who's in Chicago, he's uh, still... Uh, He's in the steering committee of the Chicago chapter of the Progressive Democrats of America. And uh-huh. so we're seeing a lot of the progressives, they have a very difficult time being enamored with Barack Obama's campaign because we've seen that on the war and the military budget, unfortunately, the Democratic Party under Barack Obama has not taken us out of the wars, we haven't closed down uh, Guantanamo, and the military budget would even make George Bush blush now. So yes. we're in a situation where yes. each of the Republican Party, they, they, they seem a little bit more um, pro-war, but at the same time, the, the Democratic Party has voted an enormous, enormous military budget, and that is one of the things that has been bankrupting uh, the American economy. And the second thing where there's not a lot of difference between the Democrats and the Republicans is the support for the, the Wall Street banksters that have also, yeah. none, none of the people that are responsible for almost bringing down the American uh, financial sector and the world economy, okay. nobody yeah. has been uh, has been put behind bars for that. And no unfortunately... So, so some of some of the, uh, uh, the 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 different states. The uh, trying to think of the word in English now. The procureur. The um, ah. proletariat. <laughs> no, in, in in the justice system, the, the, some of the state uh, uh, judges uh-huh. have have, have judges. been looking to um, prosecute some of the people responsible for the financial crisis, and they've been protected by the Obama administration. So that is. Uh, not all that surprising to me, but it is kind of shocking that uh, that not only not only have these people been protected, but these are the people that have been nominated by Barack Obama, and they're still in in power. So that the, these are the people that should be should be in front of a court today, and uh, unfortunately. Exactly. Whether they, should, they should be under arrest is what they should be. They should be under arrest because exactly. of exactly. what has actually gone on. And they are protected, and they're protected by a Democratic president who makes believe he's liberal. And uh-huh. it's a joke. And now yeah. you have to ask yourself, what would our country look like if Romney were president? That's the kind of question that uh-huh. – um, most, uh, you know, Democrats ask themselves, how do you respond to that? Well, I, I, I think that uh, what we need is to get progressives organized. And uh, I, I look to the situation in just 
north of the border in Canada, and uh, what used to be the third party, the New Democratic Party in Canada, they've had a certain amount of, of successes recently with, with the crisis, and they've become the major opposition party to the conservatives that are in power. And so it's, it's not exactly the same situation, obviously, as the United States, but at the same time, that gives uh, an example which could be similar to, to the U.S. of what is possible once we're organized. And the New Democratic Party was basically an alliance of labor, uh, environmentalists, progressives, uh, independents, and, and church groups, a very large alliance. And mm -hmm. in the last federal elections, they had over 100 deputies which were elected to the, the parliament. And if they play their cards right, they could very, very uh, well become the leading party in the next federal elections in Canada. So that's, that's, an, that's a very exciting perspective. And I think there are a lot of things in common that the Justice Party could have with the New Democratic Party in Canada against the war, yeah. very critical of the, uh, of, of the financial system, and basically very, very, very much emphasis placed on, on the environmental problems, on, on climate crisis. And so there's a, there's a potential there, and in order to realize that potential, we need to be organized. And this is, it's always uh, excruciatingly slow to, to organize a, a new party, and especially in the States, the, the two dominant parties don't make things easy. But at the same time, that's the prerequisite. <laughs> that's to be an able understatement to... if I ever heard one. <laughs> right. They don't make yeah. it easy. They I'm make it bloody impossible. It is, huh? <laughs> Near yeah. impossible. In our last couple yeah. of minutes, Michael, I wish you had joined us a little earlier, which would have given us a bit more time to hear your, you know, your point of view and experience because I really value it. Um, Rocky Anderson is the presidential candidate for, candidate for the for the uh, Justice Party. Um, what do you have to say about his candidacy, and why are you behind it? Well, Rocky was the the, the, the great surprise that, uh, that that we found back in, in August where he, he declared that he was fed up with the gutless, spineless Democratic Party and that he didn't want them sending him any more uh, requests for money because they hadn't stood uh, stood tall on almost anything. And uh, right. Rocky had been well. He basically he transformed Salt Lake City into one of the greenest cities in in the country. And yeah. another important factor was he was he was the only mayor of any major city in the United States who was actively against the wars and for the impeachment of George W. Bush. And yeah. most other mayors didn't have the courage to do that. So uh, when when I saw that article, that was. Well, that was somebody that I thought, well, we have to discuss with the, this person, and that was the beginning of a, of a love affair. <laughs> I get uh, it. So I get it. Rocky was the, the perfect the perfect candidate because not only does he have very uh, uh, good positions on on important things for the American people, he has experience also in finding solutions. And uh, it, yeah. it's it's great to have somebody who has that executive experience of uh, managing a major uh, U.S. city, and you don't find yeah. that every day, huh? And so that's, that's uh, right. that was an important uh, important element in 
getting together uh, a project for uh, a new independent political party. And I think that what the else presidential election, that, that gives what, – What would you say he also stands for? I gather what he's against. Um, what would he be said to stand for? Well, I, I think he's uh, he's a politician that has morals. That's important because you have you know, sometimes you have a lot of good talkers out there, but it's it's important to have he's someone that walks the talk. Exactly, he's and, the real thing. And so, so, so I, I think I think the the, the fact that uh, that he's shown a lot of leadership on environmental questions in in Salt, not only in Salt Lake City but nationally and internationally. That's something yeah. that uh, I'm sure for for you and a lot of listeners is extremely important. But uh, yeah. he's also uh, been capable of managing uh, Salt Lake City. He was uh, uh, in- instrumental in in also hiring a lot of uh, people from uh, different communities and in, in one of the in a very conservative state, Utah. That uh, that says something. He was able to bring together mm-hmm. not only Democrats but also Republicans and Independents together to, to work together. And I think exactly. well, I'm sure that that Rocky has had some uh, <laughs> has some differences Rocky with, uh, times. <laughs> with, with with other with other political parties. But he's, he's right. been capable of bringing a lot of people together. Huh? Exactly, Michael. I'm afraid we are out of time. I want to just thank you for joining us and uh, weighing in with your experience and thoughtfulness about the current situation in which we find ourselves here in the United States. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Well, it's been great being with you, and uh, uh, a big uh, bonsoir to to all our listeners out there, and that will hopefully I will be back there to be with you in the studio and not on on the telephone from Europe the next time. Exactly. Thanks very much, Michael. That was okay, Michael great McGee talking to you, Mitchell. Of the, absolutely, of the National Steering Committee for the Justice Party. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. Come back and join us again and visit our website at www.abetterworld.net.tv, both. Okay, goodbye for now. Yes, yes, yes.
sure. Okay. I just, oh, I didn't know you were still there. Excellent. Okay, Michael. Great. Yeah. 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 I just. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry I to be late included. again, I but I, even... I was with. I was on the on the phone with Rocky for for good a good amount of time. There was a little mix up on on, on California, so we needed to work that out. Huh? Oh. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay, fine. I know these things are difficult. It's just that, you know, I had tried to give you as much notice as I could so we could yeah, really get yeah. the full time, you know. But, yeah, uh, yeah. look, we'll just um, we'll try to do it again on another occasion, you know. How are yeah, things going, I, uh, by the way? Well, well, like I said, there was a little mix-up on, on California, so. <laughs> In respect to what? <laughs> There was a little bit of a heated discussion on on, on, on that, uh, because uh, well, I, I I think that we, we've we've uh, we've at Rocky's he's kind of frustrated with with how slowly things are moving along. Uh, yeah, and, sure. Uh, that sure. well, he's, he's he can be a hothead from from time to time, Rocky. <laughs> so, oh yeah, oh yeah. And so so could yeah. I, so could I. Yeah, but, right, uh, we, right, we, right. We got things sure. worked out, I think. What, what, what was the what was the problem? Well, uh, I think we, we'd had a lot of uh, heated discussions on the strategy in California, and uh, uh, well, I, I, I imagine you followed that in some of the steering committee meetings. We decided well, we'd, we'd wait to see what the results were for the the primaries a couple of weeks yes. ago, and the primaries were, were positive and that Rocky was, uh, I think he had something like 40%, and the others were 30 and 26%. So that was yes. a, a good sign. And yes, But right. still mm-hmm. there we there were some other debates and people that wanted to register uh, people in the Justice Party directly, and, and some of the people haven't followed the history of things. And that was a discussion yes. that we had back in January between Rocky and several of the leaders of the the Peace and Freedom Party who were asking uh, Rocky to have people register in Peace and Freedom because there, there are two reasons for that. One of them is because I think that the Peace and Freedom Party, they're, with the Proposition 14 in California, they're going to have a tough time even staying on the ballot. And so it was important for them to have people register in the party. And secondly, the unless we had over 100,000 registered voters in a short amount of time, we wouldn't be able to uh, – th- th- that's the only realistic way to get Rocky on the ballot. And yes. we, dis- we discussed with a lot of people that had a lot of experience working with Ralph Nader. Some of them are in the Peace and Freedom Party, and we're basically we're saying if if we wanted Rocky on the ballot, that was the only way to do it. And and yeah. I think a lot of other people that didn't have that experience were were a little confused on uh, registering in the Peace and Freedom Party, and they were they were very enthusiastic about about the uh, the Justice Party, but didn't realize what the the difficulties were. And so the, I, I, I can understand it was confusing for a lot of people. And even Rocky, yes. was, uh, he was not sure which strategy would be the best strategy either. Huh? So yes, right. well, that, that's one right. of the discussions that we had. That, 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 and so we'll, we'll talk about that probably tonight because uh, Laura was going to try and get together a, um, uh, a meeting on the strategy in California. And the last time I talked with Rocky, it had been about, tough, what, 
little over a week or I don't know if it was a week or two weeks ago, and he was really upset. So, <laughs> and oh, so, so was I a little bit. So I I, I told sure. him, well, it'd probably be better if somebody else uh, organized that because it's too oh. uh, too hot with Rocky now. And oh, I see. So, yeah. well, things, yeah, I saw one email that I didn't quite understand it, but it, it didn't seem that friendly uh, between no. the two of you. No. It was a little hard yeah. to understand. But um, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Well, that, that, those are kind of things that happen in the campaign. But my my, yeah. my feeling is that if we wanted, if we wanted. If Rocky wanted to be on the ballot in California, there were a certain number of things that we needed to do, basically lobby the the, the new uh, elected members of the Central Committee in California Peace and Freedom, and that we've got a good chance yeah. of getting him on, but only if we do the work necessary. And if we don't do it, yeah. he's, he's not going to have the... Uh, uh, the ballot access at the convention, which will be the 4th and the 5th of August. So, wow. Yeah. And there, there have been different different opinions in California, and it's it's been it's been a a tough road. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so well, and Rocky will wild. actually be on. He'll be on the meeting uh, tonight for the steering committee. Oh. So. We'll we'll have uh, yeah. uh, some news from the presidential campaign from uh, direct from the horse's mouth there. And yes, I hear you. Be on early in the call. Right, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, good. Well, I am still down in Florida until um, until um, uh, Sunday, so I'm just ah. I'm kind of ob- obligated here during that time period and I don't have much freedom to just kind of come and go as I would like to. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so you're, you, you're, you're working on a seminar? Or? Yeah, I'm teaching at a retreat center actually uh-huh, um, uh-huh. down in uh, Napa. Gary Knoll's uh, place down here where he teaches. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's nice. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful place. Um, and, uh, thank goodness he's paying me <laughs> to do what oh, I'm well, doing here, big. but uh-huh. I'm sort of like on call, so I don't have the freedom to just, um, hop off and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just do what I, my, my usual things that I do in, do in New York. So mm-hmm. that's what my situation is. So, yeah. So, so you'll be there with, uh, another, another four days then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just, just okay. before I forget, also I I, I spoke with uh, Gilbert the, the, uh, just yesterday, and apparently we should have some news for the potential in, investors tomorrow. So as soon as oh. I, I I know something, I'll I'll let you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. You mean in terms of their level of interest in? Uh, you're talking about specifically of K, in KLD? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So. Oh, all right. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All the better. I'm still very much on the case. I I'm dealing with one um group that um uh might ultimately well there's one in Florida and one in Eastern Europe uh that seems very interested in coming up with actually um a full 40 million which would allow um 
that would that would be the whole equity financing, and it would allow KLD to um, buy out a lot of the um, people who have the 25% uh, convertible notes because that's pretty expensive money, and um, they would either I, I they think that probably the majority would convert to equity, but the others could be bought out and we wouldn't have to have that expensive money sort of hanging on the head of the company. And mm, that'd be great. Be eh? Yeah. But any amount that any party like Gilbert's would be interested in talking to us about, I'm, you know, remain until a deal happens, very interested. So I'm yeah. glad to okay. hear that. That's really good news. Well, I, Please say hi to him for me. I'm kind of frustrated that me. it hasn't been a lot quicker also because uh, it would have been yeah. interesting to have the have you to discuss directly with the investors. And since we're, we're going through another intermediary, which I'll actually meet uh, in, in about two weeks' time down in Basel in, in Switzerland. Oh, so, oh all right. I've, I've, never, I've never met the, the, the intermediary, so we'll, we'll, we'll oh. be meeting him. Or, or I think it's around the 13th if my memory is well, huh? Oh, okay, fine. Well, good, good, good. Well, listen, the door remains open. Um, one of the parties is going down to Austin uh, to meet with the CEO and CFO. On it's scheduled for July fifth, but believe uh-huh. me, just it's don't even consider it important. Except that they're definitely moving forward on a number of different initiatives of interested parties so to the extent that it can be moved along would only be the wiser business choice okay uh, so okay. that i can comfortably say you know yeah yeah okay well hopefully i'll, I'll get back to you sometime tomorrow yeah. or friday then as soon as i, I hear from gilbert and what, what will you be, will, will you be on the call later on later on uh today on, on the steering committee Today? Yeah. No, that's what I was saying. Okay. I am okay. I have to so, be and, in uh, a I'll, I'll keep yeah. you posted then on that. And then yes, we'll we'll see you then next Wednesday, yeah? Exactly. Yes, next Wednesday I will be back. Okay? Okay. Very good. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm gonna have to prepare then a little bit and I'll I'll keep you exactly. posted then either either tomorrow or Friday, yeah? Exactly. Just Skype me because I'm on Skype every day. Okay. Great. Okay. Well, you have a good stay down in Florida. I hope it's not too hot yes. there and the mosquitoes aren't too big. Huh? Oh, the mosquitoes are awful. They're having a picnic. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> no. but it's nice to get away from New York anyway. It's nice to get away. Yeah. So yeah. I'm enjoying it. All right, Michael. Thanks so much. And uh, okay. Well, thank you, Mitchell. Huh? Keep me posted. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Talk to you Let soon. everybody know that Bye-bye. we did the show tonight. Okay? All right. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. All right.